Hello and thanks for streaming this episode from ACF Church. Our hope is that this word would encourage you to walk closer with God and with your local church. We hope you consider partnering in the work God's doing here by joining a life group, serving, and giving. If you'd like to give financially to the mission of ACF Church, you can do so safely on our website at acfak.org or by texting the amount to 907-341-4213. Now prepare your hearts to hear God's word. Good morning, ACF Church. How are you guys? You're here. You made it. Let's give God a hand today as we start off. And also, we want to give a huge welcome to all of our friends online. Can we welcome them together this morning? Absolutely. We're so glad that you're with us as well and uh, that we can be the church here local and global. And it's so exciting just the, the friends and family that are, that are tuning in and joining us here at ACF Church. Uh, we've got a bigger family than you know. It's really cool. There's, there's a lot of people that are engaged with ACF and they've moved away and they still uh, are part of the family. Uh, you know, it's really when you become a partner at ACF, when you're part of the family, you never leave the family. Just like any good family, you're always still a little bit part of the family. So I love that people are, uh, are watching and joining us uh, from a distance as well. So if you're new here this morning, I just want to say welcome. Uh, I hope you got a pork sandwich. Who eats pork at 9 a.m.? You're like, woo, I do, right? I didn't think anybody was going to eat them, and I looked out the window, and you guys are all mowing down on pork sandwiches, 9 a.m. So anyway, in Alaska, we, we, we do it how we how we do it. You know, it's like no rules in Alaska. So if you're new, I, I just want to welcome you. If uh, a friend brought you, maybe your crazy religious friend, they were like, hey, come to church. You get a t-shirt and you get smoked meat. And you're like, I'm, I'm down. Uh, I just want to say thanks for showing up. I, I really think, I don't know if, you, you, um, if you've been here for a while, you realize how stressful it is to go visit a church. So I just want to tell you, like, it's courageous to get out of bed and to show up here and there's people you don't know in an environment that you're not used to and some guy up front that you don't know talking and it's just, it's a weird experience. So, so, so thanks for being a part of this and uh, joining us today. We're kicking off into a new series and uh, this is going to be huge. I am so excited. I'm excited about what we're talking about. I'm excited about what we're doing this month together as a church. Um, I, I was able to take a week off, and Brent preached last week and did an amazing job bringing the Word of God. He had a Snuggie, right? That was awesome. Yeah. I love Brent. Brent's always got props. He's always got lots of props. He's a very theatrical guy, and so he just shared a great message last week, uh, and I love that I was able to watch that uh, from a distance as well, but I was out, um, out hunting with some friends, and I was just thinking about you guys, and I was praying for you guys, praying over this next few weeks. Uh, we talked a lot about for this kickoff week and for this whole series, in the fall especially, that um, we want to be inviting our friends and bringing people to church, and uh, this time of year, there's a lot of new people in the community, a lot of moving trucks rolling into our neighborhoods and a lot of people who are long ways away from home and if you polled the group here you'd actually probably find out that people are from a lot of different places in fact I'd be really curious just in a room like this let's shout out like a few places a few states that you would call home where would you call home over here Georgia, Georgia. what Texas, Texas. Oh, down here anybody Alabama, Alabama. all right or, who, who's Illinois, Illinois. Michigan Arizona how about over here Minnesota, Ohio, Michigan, all right, 
Man, people are from everywhere in Alaska. Isn't it crazy, this state that we live in? I remember when I first moved here, um, I went down into Anchorage. My wife and I were on a date, and we were sitting at dinner. And at dinner, I swear to you, there were four different languages uh, around me, four different conversations happening in four different languages. And I'm like, where are we? This is like a totally different universe that we're living in here. It's just a melting pot of people from all different places. And so our, our theme, kind of the, the, the theme that we're going to have this fall is this whole idea of welcome home. And I hope that for you, as you walk into these doors, as you show up at ACF Church, and as you get to know the people of ACF Church, that you feel like this is home. Uh, you know, I was, I was talking with a friend the other day who's a waiter at a local restaurant, and uh, him and his wife actually came to ACF Church and met Jesus, and he changed their lives dramatically uh, here at ACF through the family of God here. And, and he was telling me, he's like, you know, we've been thinking about going here and there and moving and trying to figure out what's next for our family. He's like, you know, you know the one thing that keeps us here in Alaska? It's ACF Church. It's the family of God that we've, we've experienced and created here. And, and so for you, I want to encourage you to plant some roots. I want to encourage you. So I, I'm a military kid, grew up moving around all over uh, the, the, the United States. And so I know what it's like to move from place to place and, uh, and to sort of uh, rent my experience at every place that I go. You know what I mean? You know, like renters, you just kind of, you, you get into the house, it's a place to be. You don't really do any, renters don't typically do any upgrades on the house. You know, they don't you know, paint too many walls or do too much because they know they're just going to be leaving soon. And, and for, for many years, I feel like I rented my experience in the different places I lived. And a lot of people, I think, come to Alaska sort of renting Alaska. You know what I mean? But I remember uh, probably a year ago, we were flying back from Wyoming, which Wyoming has sort of become home uh, because that's where my family's from, it's where my wife's family's from. And so we're flying back to Alaska and I leaned over to Amanda and I was like, you know what, this is the first time that as we're flying back, I felt like I'm flying home. I'm going back home, which is, is huge for a lot of people, and it's just crazy to me how God works through this and through the relationships and the family here, uh, that, that so many people come to Alaska thinking, I'm just going to kind of maybe, maybe uh, do some hunting and some fishing, and you know, I'm going to maybe just do my job for a couple of years and then leave, but then they end up making real relationships, and it's crazy. The things that people miss most about Alaska don't tend to be the things that brought them to Alaska. They tend to be the people that they learn to love and that learn to love them. And so I hope this can be home for you. And I was thinking, like, what does home really feel like? For me, home means to be known. It means to know others. Like, a place feels like home when I know, like, where to, where to take my wife out on a date. You know, I know where I want to go spend some free time. But really, a place really becomes home, and it has nothing to do with the location. It has more to do with the environment. Do people know me? Am I loved? Am I accepted? Can I just be myself, right? When you're home, you are who you are. People just see you for who you are. There's, you, know, you can try to hide it in, in a public environment, you know, and you can try to act like something that you're not. But when you go home, everybody knows, right? Everybody knows little Brian from back in the day. You know, they know, they know who I used to be and who I've become and I hope the church can be that. And I feel like maybe that's the most refreshing thing about the church. It is, it, of all the places in our culture, this should be a place where you can be yourself, where you can be honest, where we just kind of throw all the religious pretense out the window and we just get real with each other. And for me, that's super refreshing. That's why I love you guys so much because I feel like we have that environment here at a church where people uh, can go real deep really fast. They don't spend a whole lot of time 
you know, wasted being shallow in, in shallow conversations. And so I just want to say from me to you, if you're new or if maybe you're coming back to church, you've been gone all summer, welcome home. Welcome home. This, this can be your family. This can be a place where you're accepted. And if you've got questions about your faith, uh, we say this a lot, you don't have to believe to belong at ACF Church. You can be part of this community and have all kinds of doubts. Uh, doubters welcome. I just want to put a sign out front. Doubters welcome. If you've got faith issues, welcome. That's why we're here. That's why the church exists. If we were all perfect, we wouldn't need each other, right? But we're not, so we need the church and we need uh, to, to do this together. So um, that's Welcome Home. We're going to be talking about this a lot through the fall. This is uh, kind of the theme. And I want to encourage you to think about for next week, who are you going to bring with you? And I've just been dreaming about this. What does it look like when God actually starts to answer our prayers as we pray for our neighbors, we pray for our friends? Just it, look around the room. What if next week every one of you brought somebody? We wouldn't fit, right? We wouldn't make it. We'd have to like bust out the back walls. And for me, I get really excited thinking like, you know, I know many of you, you're like, I don't know if they'd want to come and maybe it'd be weird and, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that crazy religious guy, you know, inviting the friends to, to church. But what if, what if now's your time? What if today is the day? What if God has given you that relationship and you are the one that he's planted right there to be the person that says, hey, come and join me. I want to show you a place that can kind of feel like home. I want to show you a place where there's family, where you can be accepted, where you can be loved, and where, where you can learn what it means to take your next step when it comes to faith. And, and the first step for a lot of people, maybe just to enter into a church, and just to walk into these doors is a huge next step for a lot of people. So uh, the series that we're in is called In Alaska as in Heaven. In Alaska as in heaven. And so as I think about Alaska, um, it, it's a lot like heaven in many ways, right? Yeah, the mountains are just beautiful. And, you know, as I, I was hunting this last week, just looking out in this beautiful place, this river's flowing down this valley, and I'm just thinking, this feels a little bit like heaven. It's funny, Joe, who's our drummer, he walked in earlier, and uh, he, he looked like he'd seen a ghost. And I was like, what's up, Joe? And he's like, have you had that pork? Have you tried? It was awesome. It was like there was like a little heaven in his mouth, right, on the way to church because he smoked a bunch of meat. Which let's give a hand to our volunteers this morning, by the way. <laughs> so that feels a little like heaven, right? You know, when you get a little get little smoked meats in your mouth in the morning, uh, feels a little bit like heaven. Uh, what we want to talk about throughout the series is what does it look like for heaven to come to earth. What does it look like to experience heaven uh, right here and right now? And, and, and although maybe you think about your life and you're like, yeah, there are moments it feels like heaven. You know, maybe that night that you go out with your, your wife or your, your, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and you just have that great night out and you're like, this feels like heaven. Or maybe you're at home with the kids and they're all like sleeping, which is awesome. And, and, and you're like, ah, oh, it's just a perfect night, feels like heaven. Or maybe you're like me and you just, you, you need to be outside. You need to go out and stare at a mountain. And when you stare at that mountain, you just think about the great place that we live in. You think, man, this is a little like heaven. Now, we all love that idea, but the reality is, um, I think we can all agree that, that what's happening here on earth isn't really heaven in many ways. Like, although we can have heavenly experience, experiences and heavenly moments where we think, man, this is really cool, this is a, a great moment of peace or joy, when we look out at the world around us, it, it doesn't look as much like heaven on earth as it does probably like hell on earth. 
Just think about it, right? I mean, all you got to do is flip on the news. All you got to do is just walk into a high school and start talking to teenagers about what they're struggling with. I mean, all you have to do is have a few conversations or even just look at your own life and you're like, yeah, um, there's probably a lot of hell coming out of me and hell on earth. As much as I see heaven, it's still just a mess. And so there's one thing we can agree on is that things are not as they're supposed to be right? I mean, things are just not, uh, today we, uh, we remember, right? Today is 9-11. So we, we look back and we remember a day that, that shaped many of our lives and that just marked history when there was hell on earth. And we think, man, this is not right. Things are not as they're supposed to be. And so when, when, when we start to think about that, what do we do? Uh, for many people, they maybe try to bury their heads in the sand. Uh, let's just go watch a happy movie, right? Let's just go try to feel good. Uh, let's just go try to have a night out. Let's try to not think about the terrible things that are happening in this world. But as the church, as the church, we have a different way of dealing with those things. Uh, we actually have a way of looking at the future that I think shapes the way that we live today in, in, in terrible environments and in a lot of struggles that we can actually look at these things differently. And so I need to get a little theological on you. Is that all right? So I need to kind of like paint a picture today, and I want to tell you this, all four weeks of this series, every week kind of builds on each other, so if you skip one, you're going to be totally lost, right? So I want to encourage you, be here every single week, because we're going to start off today talking about what does it look like for heaven to come to earth. Next week, we're going to talk about what it looks like for heaven to go into the neighborhoods, and then the third week, we're going to go into the neighborhoods, because we're doing Impact Eagle River. So on that third week, if you show up here ready for church, um, we're going to have church. It's just going to be out in the neighborhoods with gloves on. It's going to be in our parking lot changing oil for for, for single moms and, and parents with adoptive kids. And so uh, show up for that, by the way. I, I want to have uh, our biggest year this year. I mean, I think, like, our church has grown crazy this past year. And so uh, I just see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people out in our communities wearing these cool shirts, right, uh, serving our city in the name of Jesus. And I love that. But those are those little moments that we get to kind of take heaven to the community. And this is what I want to talk about today because I, I really feel like this is the story that we live in. So if you want to open your Bibles up to uh, the book of Mark, book of Mark chapter 1, if you have a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, uh, that's no problem. Just You can watch it on the screen behind me or you can open your iPhone and download uh, our ACF Church app and all the things, all the scriptures are on there. There's this verse in Hebrews before we get there. And Hebrews 13, 14 says this, For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. For here we have no lasting city. Maybe you've heard it read like this, this world is not my home. It's the, it's the thing that you say when like, things aren't going right in your life. It's what you say when you look at the, the, your checking account balance and you're like, oh, it's terrible. This world ain't my home, right? Uh, it, it's what you say when, when just things aren't going right at work and you're like, oh, this world is not my home. It's the realization that the way this world is right now is not right. And, and, and there's something else to come. And so this passage says we, we, we seek no lasting city here, but a lasting city and something that's to come. There's something in the future. Like, there's something coming. There's hope coming. And so this, this world isn't just a lost cause. There's actually something coming. And so uh, I want to draw a picture. Can I draw a picture? You guys down with that? So I just like to draw sometimes. And uh, I figure uh, we'll do that together and try to make... A couple points here. So here is where it all began. Genesis 1, it looks like this. We see God creates the heavens and the earth, and we see perfect connection between God and the world. 
perfect harmony. Everything is just right. And then he says, I want to make man in my image. And then he should not be alone, right, men? <laughs> I'm glad we're not alone, right? He shouldn't be alone. He needs a woman, right? And so uh, God creates man and woman, and there's this perfect beautiful creation. Everything is totally at peace. Everything is, is beautiful the way it was created. Man and, and woman are in perfect harmony. Man and God is in perfect harmony. God and creation is in perfect harmony. Everything is functioning as it's supposed to function, and then it all goes wrong, right? Genesis 2 comes. Sin enters the world. God says, hey, you can do anything, you can eat anything. You can enjoy this earth. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to multiply in this earth. Do anything you want. Honor me, but make sure you just don't eat of this one tree, right? And so what do man and woman do? They hang out by the tree, right? They think, ah, oh, it's a big garden. There's a lot of places to go, but where do, where do I want to be? By the sin, by the tree. Just, you know, there's, that's a whole other sermon, right? But it's like, that's what we do, right? The one thing God says, don't do it. What do they do? They eat of the tree. It wasn't about the fruit. It wasn't about the tree. It was about disobedience to God. What we have in this, in this picture here at first is God in total reign and total rule as king of the earth in, in a beautiful, harmonious relationship between God and God. In mankind. Then sin enters the world and everything kind of falls apart. So then what we have is the world and then we have God. We have God separated from the world. We have a broken relationship. And now what was beautiful and what was heaven on earth looks a little bit more like, like hell on earth, you know? And, and it's essentially like a fire was started. And then as generations grew and as they multiplied, the fire spread. And, and as you look and, and read through the Old Testament, you just see fires being lit everywhere. And you see this gracious God who keeps reaching out to his people, keeps giving grace to his people, who keeps calling them into a better life, a life that honors him and honors each other. But then they continue to light fires and the world is burning essentially. The, the sin is spreading. People are doing terrible things. I mean, as you read the Old Testament, it's pretty graphic what people do when sin enters their hearts. I mean, one thing that I know for sure is that when, when we don't honor God as a, as a person or as a people, it always results in death. It always results in pain. It always results in broken relationships both with God and with each other. And so this is where the world hung out for a long time. It is in this place of terrible brokenness. And, and then this moment happens where God had made this plan to reconcile the world to himself. God said, you know what? This isn't the way it's supposed to be. This is the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be like heaven on earth. Instead, it's like hell on earth. And so God has a plan, had a plan from the beginning of time to reconcile humanity to himself. And in this moment, we see everything change. We see Jesus come to earth. And this is what I love. Uh, and, and one thing to really notice here is that God doesn't just hang out off at a distance and say, hey, come find me. And some of you think of God that way. You think he's kind of like he's running from you. He's playing kind of hide and seek with you. God, I can never find you. No, he is the God that comes to earth. So, so God says, I'm going to make a plan. And Jesus comes to earth, puts on the, the skin of humanity. And in this moment, we, we read at the very beginning of his ministry, I want to read in Mark chapter 1, he says this, 
It's, uh, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. So God himself comes to earth and the message that Jesus brings is this message. The time is fulfilled. It's here. The kingdom of God is at hand. I want you to repent and to believe the gospel. Repent and believe the gospel. The gospel can also be called the good news. You guys have maybe heard that before, like somebody's sharing the good news. Now, it's really important to kind of identify what the good news is before we go any farther. And, and uh, when I ask people, like, hey, explain the gospel or the good news. Like, what is it in your heart as a Christian that, that is the, the good news that you believe in, that you put your faith in? What most people say, what many of you would say, is the good news is that Jesus came to forgive me from my sins. Jesus came so that I could make this relationship that's broken with God now right with God, and so that he and I can connect. And now, now that is really good news, certainly. But I, well, I want to push you on a little bit here, and I know this is getting a little theolo theological, but we'll get there. It's all going to come together. I want to push you on this because the good news about our, our relationship being reconciled to God, that's only part of it. That's actually kind of a byproduct of what the good news is. The good news is really God himself coming to earth to reestablish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. So when Jesus says, hey, the time is fulfilled, in other words, I'm here, right? I'm here, I'm on earth, here I am. Repent simply means to turn from the way that you were thinking about things and, and rethink about uh, things this way. The time has come, repent and believe the gospel. It's here, it's right now. And so Jesus goes throughout this, this area proclaiming the story that the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. And this is a topic that a lot of people don't think that much about, talk that much about. We get kind of wrapped up in the gospel of, well, Jesus is, he just came to forgive me from my sins. The gospel is just kind of all about me. I think naturally we just think that way. You know, he forgave me from my sins, you know. But essentially what I want to I push you on is that the gospel is so much bigger than that. And this is why this is so key, and, and we're going to get there in the end, but it's going it's to make a lot of sense that there's a lot more to do, and there's a lot more about the good news than just, I get my sins forgiven. It's really about a good king coming to earth to reestablish his rule and his reign. Now, for some of you, you're like, that doesn't sound like good news, like somebody's an authority over me, somebody is ruling over me, but really, it's the best news. One thing maybe, maybe you don't know is that God is a good king and everything that he does on earth is for the good of you and for our, our good. And maybe you've been under terrible authority. And when you think of authority, you think of you know, bad political leaders or bad bosses or people that push themselves around and push you around. But God isn't like that. He is a good king. He is the kind of person that you would run to be under his rule and his reign. Why? Because when, when, when you're under his authority, everything's right. When you're under his authority, this is what it looks like. Heaven on earth. And the people that are in this room that have actually submitted to the reign and rule of God in their lives have experienced little bits of this, little moments of this. So Jesus shows up. He says, hey, the time is fulfilled. Kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news, the gospel. There's another term that's used throughout the gospels, and it's the word kingdom of heaven. So there's kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. They're both the same thing. Don't make it too confusing. It's very simple. They just use different terms. Basically, it just still means the rule of God on earth as it is in heaven. You guys still with me? I know it's getting deep. I know it's getting deep. So, okay. 
So it starts off like this. God's in rule over the earth. Everything's perfect. Everything's awesome. Man is happy and everything's great. Then it turns into this in a moment of rebellion. God's, his, his, his glory and his reign is separated from the earth. So Jesus shows up. He keeps saying the same thing. The time is fulfilled. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. And then something happens and it draws a line in the sand for all of eternity. And that's the cross. The cross is this, this crux, this, this tilting point, this, this grassroots, groundswell, like, like ch- this change that happens in all of history. I mean, this is when everything changes. Jesus comes, and he dies for the sins of humanity. And, and he, he does it so that he can reestablish his reign and his rule on earth as it is in heaven. And so when Jesus shows up, it's like a little bit of heaven comes to earth, Right? Like a little bit of heaven comes to earth. If you got your notes, I want you to write this down. If you're wondering, what is the kingdom of heaven? The kingdom of heaven is when the realities of heaven invade our earthly existence. When the realities of heaven invade our earthly existence. Now, when you think of heaven, what do you think about? I don't know, maybe you start off with like streets of gold, pearly gates, right? That's kind of how the Bible in Revelation describes it, um, which, is, which is right, but there's some kind of imagery going on there that we don't completely understand. Basically, these are terms that just mean really valuable stuff, like the best that you could ever experience. You know, maybe not actually stre- streets of gold. I don't know. You know, we don't really know what it looks like. I think of streets of gold. I just think of like, like, a, like an HGTV reject home. Like, I'm like, it's kind of gaudy, maybe something, you know, built back in 1985. Uh, so when I read about heaven, sometimes I, I don't think of something that I'm that excited about. But you need to get your head around what heaven is, is the reign and rule of God. It's a place where all, all things are under his authority, and everything is good, and everything is right. And so as we talk about the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom on, of God on earth as it is in heaven, what we talk about is those realities of heaven coming to earth where we exist. So if you're like, well, what is heaven? Heaven is where I go when I die. It is. It is where you go when you die. When you are living a life under the reign and rule of God, under his authority, what you do is then you die and you continue on under his reign and his rule. What we know that scripture makes very clear is that you can't live a life outside of God's reign and rule and then step over into eternity and then live for eternity under his reign and and his rule. You have a choice to make. This is the, the choice. Will you receive the gospel? Will you receive the good news? You see, it's not just about you getting your sins forgiven. It's about a good king who one day will reestablish his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And it's a question for you. Will you submit to him? And will you love him with all your heart? Will you honor him with your life? Will you put everything in your life under his reign and under his rule? So, so that's a really important question that we have to answer. So Jesus, he comes and he says, hey, you can't do this alone. You keep screwing this up like I keep screwing this up. I've got parts of my life that I've held back from God. And I've said, God, I don't want you to fix this. I don't want you to invade this part of my life. I kind of like this issue over here. I'm going to kind of keep doing it for a little while. And you can have this over here, but not this. And Jesus says, you know what? What mankind does, what we can do on our own strength is just kind of try to put out little spot fires. We run around trying to just put a little water on this area of our life. And then another fire pops up, right? We put a little water on this area of our life, and then another fire pops out. Jesus says, I need to, I need to kill the source. I need to kill the source, and the source is sin. So, so Jesus comes, and he, he dies for the sins of the world, and he brings a little heaven to earth. 
And he brings his reign to earth in this one moment. So that's his message. His message, the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand. The, the message there for Jesus is that he wants to bring little pieces of heaven to earth, and he wants to show us what it looks like when his reign and his rule is on earth as it is in heaven. So think about it like this. Jesus does all these miracles, right? Right, right, right? He does all these miracles, right? He, he, he heals the sick. He heals the blind. He multiplies food. He just he does these amazing things. And as we, as we look at the miracles of Jesus, we're like, oh, it's really cool, Jesus. You can turn a little food into a lot of food. That's, that's a great party trick, right? Uh, you know, it's like, oh, the guy was blind. Now he sees that, you know, that, that guy had leprosy. You healed him. That's, that's, a cool, that's a cool trick, you know? And it did. And in Jesus' time, people started gathering and following him. And they were really interested because, you know, when somebody shows up and they can just heal people like that, you want to watch it. I mean, they didn't have TV, so they're like, let's go watch some Jesus tonight. You know, he's healing people. This is great entertainment, so Jesus shows up. He does all of these amazing things. He, he, re, he doesn't just heal people. He also reaches out to, to, the, to the people on the fringes, you know, those, those who, are, who are excluded from society, you know, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the, the sinners. And he goes and he eats with them and he spends time with them. And he, like the woman at the well, this woman who, you know, she, she was at the well in the middle of the day because she, she couldn't come at the, at the night or in the morning because she didn't want to be seen by people. And, and she's looking for water and Jesus says, hey, I'm going to give you water so that you'll never thirst again. I'm, I'm going to give you something that's going to quench your thirst. I'm going to make it all right in your life. And she's like, give me some of this water. That's what I need. What Jesus is doing, listen, listen. What Jesus is doing in all of his miracles, he's not just healing people to make them feel better. He's not just helping people to help them. He's not just trying to draw a crowd. Jesus is casting a vision of what it looks like when heaven invades earth. Jesus is casting a vision for when heavenly realities invade our earthly circumstances and our earthly experience. That's what Jesus is doing in all of his miracles. And when you start to see this, you're like, oh my goodness, the picture's so much bigger. The gospel, the good news, God isn't just about you, which is a good thing, amen? Like God isn't just about us. He is about reestablishing his reign and his rule on earth as it is in heaven, and that's a big story. That's a story I can get, some, get around and get some hope around. I think Christians end up being, you know, really discouraged and just maybe, uh, you know, looking forward to heaven one day when they make the gospel all about themselves. And they're like, yeah, it's just a God forgave me for my sins, whatever, and I just hope I die someday and I go to heaven, you know. Or maybe your life's just terrible right now and you're like, Jesus, take me now, right? Just take, or you look at the world and you watch the news and you're like, God, just, just come on, come back. Uh, let's just get this thing over with. I want to get to heaven. But do you realize that when you die, the story doesn't end? The story doesn't end there. God is continuing to work out his plan in all of creation to reconcile humanity and creation to himself and reestablish his reign and his rule on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus' whole life, all the miracles, everything he did, this message that he came proclaiming over and over and over again, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's about forgiveness, certainly. There's forgiveness for us. There's reconciliation for us, but it's about a king, a good king, reestablishing his reign and his rule on earth as it is in heaven. Now, you've experienced little moments like this, I hope. I hope maybe you've come to ACF Church and, and you've been accepted by somebody and welcomed by somebody. And in that moment, as somebody shook your hand and smiled at you, 
They're not just trying to smile at you to make you feel better. They're trying to show you what it looks like when a little bit of heaven comes to earth. I mean, they want you to feel better, but they want to show you what, what a good king and his reign actually looks like. Maybe you got your oil changed. Every year at Impact Eagle River, we change oil for single parents, adoptive families, foster families. And every single year, one of the moms comes up and they go, who do I pay? Who do I give my money to? I know it's a church and all, I got I to pay somebody. And every year I have arguments with these moms. And I'm like, you will not pay us. That's the whole point. We will not take your money. We pay for it, right, church? Right? We will pay for this, right? Because what we're doing is casting a vision of what it looks like when the kingdom of God is on earth as it is in heaven. We're trying to show them heavenly realities here on earth. In the kingdom of God, you know what? You don't have enough money to buy your way in. You don't have enough. There's not any of you that have enough. So only by way of Christ can we enter into the kingdom of God. And one day it's going to come to earth. And so what we do as a church, when we're serving people, both, both out in the community at Impact and every single week here, you guys, you might not know who's sitting around you. You might assume these are a bunch of church people, you know. But there's a lot of people here that come to ACF that are far from God. People that maybe want nothing to do with God, but they want a community. People who just wanted some pork in a t-shirt. I don't know, but they're here. And every single week, we as a church have a chance to reach our city in this room. That's cool, right? That's cool. And so we talk about this as a church, that we, we've got a few things that we're about. One of, them, one of them specifically is to amplify. Do you know this? The grace of who? Jesus. Church answer. Always Jesus. To the churched unchurched and dechurched which we're not even sure is a word but it is because we make it one so dechurched and, and and this is the crowd that you're in how many of you know that the the church they need some grace right you know you can go to church all day long you can go to church every single week and you cannot know grace some of you did that growing up some of you spent a lot of time at church and never understood grace so we amplify grace. Then there's the unchurched. There's people in this room. There's people in our community that just never been to church. Uh, uh, my my sister-in-law, she, she was one of those people that had never been to church. Like when she was getting ready to marry my brother and we were starting to talk about faith things and we had some good conversations, like she just had no experiences with the church, with Bible stories, things that Christians take for granted, Noah and the ark, Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, these things that, you know, you think, well, everybody, she had never been to church, knew none of it. And so we amplify the grace of Jesus. We don't bombard her with a bunch of rules. We don't tell her, well, here's what you need to do to get into the club. You know, you pay your dues, you get your life all fixed up, then you can come in, you hang out with us. No, we amplify the grace of Jesus. And then the D Church. Many of you are in this crowd, uh, have been in this crowd. It's, it's amazing as I talk to people at ACF. So many people have this story that, you know, you walked away from church. You were burned, you got hurt by somebody, you, maybe you were just kind of inundated with this religious activity and you're like, I don't think it matters, I'm not sure it's worth my time. And so now you're starting to come back and you're thinking, well, maybe the things that I didn't like about church had nothing to do with who God is, which I would tell you is typically the case. The people that walk away from church, they walk away from things that had nothing to do with who God is. It was the church misrepresenting who God is. It was when it didn't look a lot like heaven on earth. 
And so this is the crowd that we want to reach. We want to bring these heavenly realities to our earthly experiences. And so we do this every single week. If you're wondering, how do I experience this? How do I start to see this in my life? Write this down. We begin to experience heavenly realities when we seek God first. If you're thinking, I want some heaven in my, in my life, you know? I want, I want this movement of the kingdom of God to start to grow in me and to start to grow in our community. It starts first with you as people, all of us seeking God first, seeking him first. Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things. If you're like, well, what are all these things? Previously, he's talking about worries in your life. Like, what am I gonna eat? <laughs> Where am I gonna go? What's my job gonna be? Am I gonna have kids? Am I gonna be married? Am I gonna be single for the rest of my life? Like, what's gonna happen? I have got all these questions about the future. I want all these things out of life. Jesus says the first thing, the first thing you do is you seek the kingdom of God, and when you seek the kingdom of God first, your life's gonna start to make a little more sense. Do you ever feel like your life doesn't make a whole lot of sense? Like you don't really know where you're going, or you're wondering what the future's gonna bring? Got a lot of questions? A lot of times that happens because we're not seeking the kingdom of God first. Here's what this means. This means whatever job you have, wherever you're going to go to school, whatever your major is going to be in college, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, whether you get married or you don't get married, you know what those things are about? They're about the kingdom of God. Like your job, whatever your job may be, your job isn't about your job, you know? If, if you're, you know, working at Burger King or if you're working as a banker or if you're working as a physical therapist, your job, what you do with your life is about the people that you impact. That's your job. Like that's seeking the kingdom of God first. It's about bringing heavenly realities to our earthly experiences in your place, in your workplace, in the bank, in the hospital, wherever it is, on the construction site, wherever it is, your job, your goal in life, if you're seeking the kingdom of God first, is the people that you impact every single day. And when you live like this, it changes everything. You know why? Because like, we're always thinking about the future. We're always dreaming about what's to come. I know a lot of people who are in Alaska and they just don't want to be here right now because you're like, winter's coming. You guys know that, right? Snow is coming. Cold is coming. Isolation is, is coming. Maybe it's already here in your life. And you're thinking, well, if I could just get away, if I could just go somewhere else, then I could feel at home, then I, then I could feel at, at peace, then maybe, then maybe I'd be where God wants me. What if God wants to use you right where you're at? What if right here, right now, in the relationships that you have, in the place that you're in, is your mission field? See, to seek the kingdom of God first means not that you can't have plans or that you can't look to the future because I think you should. I think you should plan for the future. But then in all of this, your number one goal is how do I bring heavenly realities to our earthly experiences? How do I show people in my life what it feels like to come home? How do I show them what it looks like when a good king is in reign and is in rule? In just small ways, as I serve them, as I love them, as I forgive them when they don't deserve it. All of those things are showing heavenly realities to people in your life. And so to seek the kingdom of God first means, you know what, I'm okay. I'm okay. Life might change. God might bring me a different place. I might be able to go somewhere else, but I am here now. And I'm fully planted where I am. And you guys know this. The people that move around a lot that are the happiest are the people that know how to plant themselves quickly, right? Right? 
If you're in the military, you know, if you go from place to place and you don't, don't plant yourself for two and a half years, you have six months to enjoy yourself, right? Because you're going to leave in six months. Instead of that, to plant yourself and dig deep roots and make real relationships and to let your heart break when you leave because you have loved people so well. That's a good life. That's a life well lived, right? So if you don't ever leave, it doesn't matter where you're at, plant relationships, seek the kingdom of God first, and he says all these other things, they'll come along. God's like, you know, you, you seek my kingdom first, I'll give you food to eat. If you seek my kingdom first in, in your life, in your job, in your finances, whatever it is, I'll give you food to eat. You know, whatever it is, seek the kingdom of God first and everything else. You need relationships? You're like, man, I feel so lonely. I just, I feel like I want to go just seek out and make relationships. You, you do that first, you're going to end up in a lot of messes, right? You know, somebody who's lonely and just goes after relationships, after relationships because they're lonely. You know what you need to do? Seek the kingdom of God first. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to give you relationships. He's going to give you peace. All the things that you want will be added unto you. This is good stuff. I don't know about you guys. I'm excited about it because this is powerful stuff. When we get things out of order, it's a mess, don't we? Here's, Here's what I do. I go to the grocery store. I am this guy. I'm the guy that goes to the grocery store, and for whatever reason, I hate carts. I don't want, it. I don't want a cart. I don't want to push it around. I don't, I don't, for whatever reason, I don't like carts. And so I go walking around the grocery store, piling as much junk as I can you know, onto my arms. And the other day, I was in Fred Meyer, and I had to get one of those big, long, fluorescent light bulbs. And so, like, I've got, like, some eggs and some milk and a fluorescent light bulb, and I'm, like, walking down, and the eggs start to go, and and the light bulb starts to go, and it hits the ground, and it just explodes everywhere, you know, and somebody's like, clean up all three, right? And so, I'm I'm that guy standing there with glass and eggs and milk everywhere, and just like, ah, stupid idiot, right? And and the whole problem there is I didn't do the first thing first, Get get you a stupid cart, right? Because you can put a lot into the cart if you get the cart. You're okay. But you just you go out after all this stuff, and you're just never going to be able to hold it all. Listen, you can get a lot more from God than you'll ever get trying to take things throughout your life. Trying to seek after what you want first and then pile some God in on top of that. And you're just walking around like this. Can't, you can't enjoy it all. You can't experience it all. God's like, hey, hey, seek me first. Seek me first, and everything else will be added unto you. So write this down. Third thing is this. Where does it all begin? Where does it all start? When God reigns in our hearts, he will reign in our lives. And it will be in Alaska as it is in heaven. The first thing is it needs to begin in our hearts. It starts within us. And so here's what I want to do. Jesus taught us how to pray because he wants us to, to, to ask for this consistently in our lives. So would you guys stand up real quick? Stand up. This is going to be very old school for some of you. For some of you, it'll be brand new. But we're going to read the Lord's Prayer. And I want you to think about the things that we talked about today in light of this, in light of the Lord's Prayer. And so I want us to read this together. We're doing it in the King James Version because that's how I know it from growing up. And so we're going to, I want you to read this like a prayer. I want you to read this like you actually believe that God's going to do this, like you actually believe this is going to happen on earth. And so let's read this together. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power 
and the glory forever. Amen. 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 You guys can sit down. You guys can sit down. That's good stuff, isn't it? That really old prayer, you know what? There's a lot of good stuff in there. I mean, it's so good. I mean, that's, that's a great prayer that God's kingdom will come to earth as it is in heaven. And so here's my, my challenge to you. I want you to, at every meal for the next four weeks, I want, you to, I want you to pray that prayer. Download it on your phone. Do whatever it takes. But at every meal, three times a day. You're like, I don't eat three times a day. That's right. You can pray three times a day. So three times a day to just pray, God, I want your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And in this way, God's going to start invading our hearts. And when he invades our hearts, he's going, to, he's going to invade our lives. And when he invades our lives, it's going to be on earth and in Alaska as it is in heaven. So here's what this looks like. You're going to have to forgive me for this, but I'm going to draw Alaska. There we go, right? And then one of these. Whoa. Hey, right? That's not bad. I worked on that. Give me a break. Okay. So here we are. This is where God has planted us, right? Here we are. That's home. ACF Church. God has put us here for such a time as this. He has planted us here for right now with a mission. The mission to bring heavenly realities to our earthly experiences. And so, so we're going to do this, you guys. We're going to do this as a community here in a couple weeks at Impact Eagle River. And we're going to do this as individuals. Because you guys know ACF Church doesn't exist without you, right? You guys know that. Like, you are the church. You are the family of God. You are ACF Church. And so when ACF Church operates on earth as it is in heaven, Alaska starts to change. Alaska starts to look a little different. Lives start being transformed. People start finding hope who are hopeless. People start finding friendships and, and acceptance where they weren't, you know? Uh, it was, a, I think, National Suicide Prevention Week. There's a lot of, you know, suicide in Alaska. People will be changed to the point that you will save somebody's life. Why? Because you brought a little bit of heaven to earth. And so this is our mission, you guys. This is our mission field. We're in Alaska, and we're going we're gonna to take this as far as it'll go. But it starts with you doing this every day in your life. And here's how the story ends. You're like, how's it all end? It ends like it began. It ends like it, like it began. It ends with the reign and rule of God, with Jesus returning to reestablish his reign and rule on earth. And so your eternity, where is it spent? Here. It's spent here, in a glorified earth with glorified bodies. So your life is not, it, it's not disposable. This world is not disposable. It's not like, hey, just let it burn. It's going away. No, God is going to reestablish his reign and rule here on earth as it is in heaven. So I've asked the band to play a song, and, and uh, I, want to, I want to pick a song that, that many people know. And as, as they're going to sing this song, what I want you to do is I want you to think about, I should think about the thing in your life that's not right. I should think about the thing in this world that isn't right. I want you to think, okay, God, this is what I've been pleading for you to, to fix in my life or to fix in this world. And I want you to think about what's coming, that one day all wrongs will be made right, everything will be completely healed, and it will be on earth as it is in heaven.
years ago As we roll down some familiar road Although this way is stringing us along So that's where it's going. I love that line, settle down, it'll all be clear. You can relax, it's all coming. The king is coming to reestablish his reign and his rule on earth. And so the question for you today is, is simply this, will you repent and believe the gospel? That's all Jesus says, it's, it's a really simple thing. You simply say, listen, I've spent enough time trying to be God and, and I can't imagine what the world would be like if the world was underneath my reign and my rule. 
And maybe you've seen that fail enough that you're like, I don't want that anymore in my life. I've tried to keep things in order. I've tried to seek my kingdom first. And it's a mess. And it never goes right. And I'm never at peace. And I'm never okay. And I I never have enough. And I'm always thirsty. And I always want more. Jesus says, I want to give you water that's going to quench your thirst. He says, in my kingdom, everything's right. In my kingdom, under my reign, you will have peace. And one day, I will reestablish that here on earth. And so everything that you hope will change, everything that you want God to heal, those things will be healed in his time through his will and his power here on earth as it is in heaven. So your, your, your decision today is simply this. Will you choose to follow a good king? Will you give him reign and rule in your life? Will you repent and say, God, I'm done trying to fix it on my own. I need Jesus. I need help. I'm done trying to put out little fires. They just keep popping up in my life. I am just so done trying to fix it. Give me your grace. And he promises. He promises to give it to us. Like You guys, no matter where you're at, if you're like, I don't deserve it, that's the whole point. The whole point is you don't deserve it. Colossians 1 Uh, 18 and 20, it says this in in the message. It says, he was the supreme in the beginning and and leading the resurrection parade. He is supreme in the end. From beginning to end, he's there, towering far above everything and everyone. So spacious is he, so roomy that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death and his blood that poured down from the cross. That's what Jesus does for us. And here's the thing. I don't want to wait until heaven to experience that. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to. God wants to bring heavenly realities into your life right now. And he'll do it through Jesus. So let's pray together. Jesus, God, would you soften our hearts to you? God, I confess that I've sought after my own kingdom. And God, I'm I'm walking through life trying to fit a lot of things into my arms. I just can't, I can't hold it all. It's just a mess. So God, could could you show us what it looks like to seek you first in our lives? So that all of these other things might be added unto us. And instead of trying to be our own saviors, trying to be our own king and our own Lord, God, that we would make you king and you, Lord, you're a much better king than us. You're a much better God than we are. So God, I, I just, uh, I want you to pour out your grace on us today, God, for the person in the room today that is battling making a decision to follow you. God, that today would be the day of new life. God, that today would be the transition in their life. God, where history has changed in their life because they say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn from my old ways and by Jesus' grace, I'm going to follow God and I'm going to trust that he can do this, that he can fix what's broken and I'm going to believe the promise that all wrongs will be made right. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. We pray it in your name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thanks.